Welcome back, I'm Kim Valley, she's Fuliana Osborne, and this is Inside Exec. Today we're going to talk about how best to prepare yourself and your team for an event, and we're basing it on the small to medium business model. The topic itself was inspired by some people that I observed over the weekend. I've actually been at a rather large event this past weekend, a three-day event, and I was intrigued by both the good and the less than good preparation of people for events such as this that I observed over those three days. Both ends of the scale, some really poor preparation and made it difficult for the people to do the jobs that they were supposed to be doing and some really great preparation and training that allowed a particular group to both enjoy what was an exhausting weekend but to feel that they had presented their organisation in the best possible light. So where to start? Obviously if it's an event you know well and truly in advance when it's going to be, how long it's going to be. You also know the venue obviously and so I guess the first thing for me in that situation would be to think about my target audience. Who am I expecting to be there? Who do I want to engage there? Who are the ones that I will see anyway? And how do I help my promotional staff to not be engaged with those people for too long and thus miss out on the people that we do want to engage with? Then, and only then, do I look at what it is, the information that's being presented. Because until you know who it is that you're targeting, you can't get that information or even the, the promotional products right. Okay, it's very important to also think about who should be representing your organisation. You think about it from the point of view of the audience. So you're going through an event, there's many things that attract your attention. If you want to grab my attention, I want to be able to say, is this relevant to me? Are these people engaging me in a very hard and aggressive way or are they engaging me in a very friendly manner? What about the banner? Is there a banner that's going to attract me in a good way or a bad way? Is it targeted for me or is it targeted for a completely different group? To me the first thing is how does the place look? What are the first things I see? The colour, the movement, the words but most importantly are the people, the people behind that counter, behind that desk, whatever it is, the stand, whatever it is, is how they will engage with, with me and other people. And I think that's really important because it just reminded me of one particular stand that I saw at the weekend that I hadn't thought of previously. Two people who were senior in the organisation and obviously the organisation thought that these were the right level of executive to have at this event one was excellent and one just really should not have been there. He didn't want to be there, was my impression. Maybe he did, but he didn't know or it wasn't in him to present in a way that engaged me as a potential customer. And it wasn't presenting the organisation in a good light because my impression was he just shouldn't have been there in comparison to the other one who was outstanding in the role. So the easy thing is to say, well, it's it's this kind of event, so these are the people who should be going. We're looking for new customers, say, so we should have the marketing person there, we should have the operations person there, we should have the sales executives there. That's not necessarily the case because this interaction, this event might not be the right venue for those people to be 
present, to be pre presenting the knowledge and the information that they have about the organisation. They might be better off at formal meetings than they are at the one-on-one -on -one interaction that happens at this kind of an event. So choosing the people for the task and again for the, the target market that you're looking at is vitally important. In terms of the printed promotional material and particularly the banners, that that's an area that I also have some experience with on a day-to-day -day basis, please don't just put your name up. What does your name say? It just says who you are. It doesn't tell your potential customers what to do or what you can do for them. What problem are you going to solve for them? Because that's what they're interested in. The only thing they want to know is well, how are you going to make their life better? And until you tell them, they won't know. And if you tell them with something that's printed so they can see it, then they're more likely to engage with the people that are there. It makes it easier for the people who are on their feet all day interacting with anyone and everyone. The, the next thing that I think is as important is to have what I call audio logos. Short, less than a minute sentences, couple of sentences that tell people quickly about the organisation, why you're there and what you can do for them. So that it is the engaging part of the, the conversation that will start up an interaction. The people that are actually representing the organisation got to be in a position where they have been trained for the event with all these things that we covered so far. Also the topic itself, can they answer the questions? Ask questions, I'm not expecting them to answer every single question but by and large most of them and how to handle a question they haven't got the answer to. So there'll be a follow-up, encourage a meeting, um, look it up. Kim mentioned to me earlier one of them had they had their iPads ready for information. That's pretty good and referring to that. I want to give you an example of one of those events where for a small company with a kitchen renovation. Now, I doubt if many people would walk up to somewhere like that and make a decision on the spot. However, people who are looking for this particular kitchen company, they know from experience and being in other events and expos that the people that look at their stand, they have been looking for the kitchen, they've done some homework, they could be at various stages, at the beginning, middle or nearly decision making. Either ways, they want to know how is best to go about selecting the kitchen that would suit them, for in this example, and more importantly, the interaction with the company, the service, not just at sales, but during and after. Whether we like it or not, the people will be judging the company by the people that are at the event. They may have nothing whatsoever to do with actual kitchens. They might be in the back office or in, in, wherever. So it's really, really important that that image, as Kim said, not just the, the rank or, or you know the, the person who signed off, it's the person who would best engage and give that customer service. And it is the point of contact for your organisation. So you want it to be people that your potential customers can contact afterwards. And, and the other change, I guess, that I see that's happening at these events is the introduction of, of technology so that people can get information while they are there, even if they don't have to make a decision while they are there, that it's not as it used to be in years gone past, the fishbowl that you just dropped your business card in and then you got a call a bit later on, 
or you put your name down on a mailing list or you put your name down for their email newsletter. These days, information is far easier, more easily accessible and should be available if you are trying to inform your clientele before they make a decision to choose your organisation. Keep the door open for people to come back and just say, look, if you, if you want to go look around and come back, please do if you've got other questions, things like that, so make it easy for them to come back. Give them a personal phone number they can ring so they don't just ring the customer service number, they come and ring somebody specific. Make sure that one of the things that impressed me with this particular client is that he had taken enough information so when they had came back or when he rang up, he knew what they said at the meeting. So they captured, so they listened, they understood. And they thought, oh, okay, so they, there was a connection at the beginning and then it's a matter of doing the rest of the sales and building the relationship. So firstly, learning from customer behavior, from previous experience, modifying your approach at those things to make sure that you respond in a better way and that you follow up if you make any promises. And if you can't help a customer or a potential customer for whatever reason, I think it's also leaves a really good impression of your organisation if you offer them an alternative or if you offer them a way of finding out the information that you haven't been able to provide or you can't provide for whatever reason. So I use as an example one of my other online activities is a lolly shop. I don't carry stock because I have learned over the years that there is only a certain amount of or certain types of lollies that people will buy online because they're ones that they can't get through the supermarket or any of the other places that they might go. Sometimes they're an imported line and I don't have access to them all throughout the year. So if people ring or they email me and they'll say, can we get, say, sherbet fountains, for example? So those of you who remember sherbet fountains, they were a a yellow tube with licorice down the middle. They're made in England. They were made for many years by Barrett's and now made by another organisation that bought Barrett's out. But they do still come out to Australia they, for anyone who was in my generation, we had them at school. And if you liked licorice, it was okay. And if you just liked the sherbet, well, you've ha- always had a friend who liked licorice, so you could hand that over anyway. And I don't think the licorice ever worked as a straw, but I'm probably getting off the topic now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, the great nodding of the head. Oh, please, stay on topic. Anyway, I, I don't have them in stock all the time, or I can't access them all the time. So someone will email and say, have you got them in stock? Can I get them? Can I get 48 of them, which is a box size? And I will say, no, I don't have them in stock. The next supply is not coming out for such and such a time. And then I will say, but I have seen them in this shop or that shop, or you could try these people because they import themselves rather than use the distributor that I use. Invariably, that customer, whether they buy them or not, will come back. I don't think I've ever lost a customer to anyone else by suggesting that they go somewhere else when I don't have stock. So keep that in mind as an an idea for reassuring potential clients that you are a company with integrity, that you do have your finger on the pulse of what is happening in the industry so that you can always find an answer for their particular issue. What it builds also is reciprocity. You've done something for them without asking for any return and they will feel obliged to do something for you so they will come back and buy something or do something with you. All of this is really about your brand. It's not just your name and the name of the company. 
there's so much competition in any field. How you connect with them, the relationship, the impression they will get about the ability for you to deliver and that you have the right people to deliver what they're looking for. They will look obviously at price, they will look at how long it takes and all of that, but at the end of the day they want to, to deal with people they can trust and they rely on. I think the other thing that's hard about these types of events is that you will generally have some sort of promotional product that is a giveaway and it is hard for any of us to have forked out hard-earned money for something that you're going to give away to people who might potentially give you some return. And if you go in with that attitude, that gets, gets transferred to the people who are representing you at the event. And so you either get people at the event who give away your promotional product to everyone without thinking about the repercussions, or they hold them back and they, they dole them out very carefully. That doesn't give out a particularly good impression either. So you've got to have find the, the happy medium, give your people the opportunity to know what the promotional material is designed for. So if it isn't designed just to get your name out there, so give it to everyone. If it's designed to be of worth to the potential clients, then they have to have some idea of what the potential client is and make sure that in handing over the promotional material that there's some recognition of what that person is getting as the promotional material. So I'll use an example here to make it a little bit clearer. One of the groups that I observed over the weekend had a range of promotional material that would suit the very young visitors to the event right up to the seniors like myself at the event. At each of those things that was being given away, it, they didn't hesitate about giving them away. They made sure that if it was a group of people that everyone in the group got what they thought was the appropriate bit of promotional material so people were getting different things. And for my part, what I observed was that there was far more engagement. It gave them an opportunity to talk about what they were doing, what service they were providing, without having to ask for any information, without having to do a hard sell. It meant that there was a number of different ways of engaging a group of people rather than just saying, oh, I've got this brochure or oh, I've got this pen to give away, whatever it was. That In this case, they had everything from balloons to waterproof pouches to put your phone in, and they were giving them away at the same sort of level and with the same happy face to everyone, regardless of whether they asked for it or whether they were handing them out. Being a small and medium-sized business, you probably have limited resources, as in people, and it's important that you have enough people to cover all the hours of the event, and so your people are always fresh and happy and not tired. And the important thing as well is to the handover between the groups. Even though you prepare and then you collect data at the end and you learn from other experiences, it's important to say, well, when I was on this morning, this is what my observation was. The time of the day will attract different people. So you need to pass that knowledge on to the other people that are taking over. And in, in a way to, to sort of say, okay, what happened? What objection handling maybe come up and how did we handle it? Have, even if it's a five-minute discussion, it'll be valuable to pass on that information and talk about the topic itself the same question coming up all the time, what patterns are you seeing from the people passing by and the people, how many people are stopping and not stopping, not exact numbers but by and large, other than actual data is people's behaviour. 
to pass that on and actual questions that maybe you knew the answer or you didn't know the answer so that the next person is prepared and ready. I think it's also important to recognise that if you're a large enough organisation to have more than one location and to do more than one event that you recognise and value the difference in the events but have that information available to everyone who is working at the different events. So you might have one group that work at one geographic location and one group that work at another and yes those places might be different and they'll have different clientele and different needs and different objections but there's no harm in sharing the information because their value is both in the differences and in the similarities and it might then lead to you providing different services at different locations because of the needs that are coming back through these events. The other thing is, is now the follow-up, as I said, the event is completed, was it a success, how do you measure the success, what would you do differently next time before the next event and who is going to follow up with the inquiries that you received uh, whether they w some of them would have wanted follow-up and that means that it got to be done sooner. The others need to be followed up to show that you are interested in them as customers or potential customers. That follow-up probably needs to be the same people or the people who had the interaction at the event. And if that's not possible, then there has to be some introduction of the person to say, so-and-so has passed on your details to me because they felt that I might be able to help you better. Don't say it because they can't ring you or because they, they, it's not their job to be in touch with you, it's my job. It's the service that you're offering, so make sure that the focus of that conversation, whether it's email or, or talking, is about you being able to better provide the answers that the client or potential client was looking for when they were at the event. And that way they feel like they're still the important part of the equation and you're getting back to them because you are trying to provide them with the answers that they were looking for. People want to see from the staff at the event that it's a good place to, to work in. So they want happy, satisfied staff coming across to know that their experience when they're dealing with you as a customer is also going to be the same. The topic that we touched on briefly about making people look as though they're not tired can be difficult when you're very limited with the staffing that you've got to, to take to these events. And it is tiring. It's very exciting in the initial hour or two hours, but when you've been there for 8, 10, 12 hours and three days in a row, four, five, six days in a row, the people start to blur and you start to feel like you've said this thing a hundred times and you don't know who you're talking to or whether you've said it before or whether you've said everything before, that all of that comes back to the preparation so that your staff know what they've got to say, that you have very short shifts very and, and more time for breaks and, and more time to give people a chance to recharge their batteries. Also important, I think, to give these people that are there a chance to walk around the event, to have a look at what other people are doing, to get an idea of how other people are presenting themselves, because sometimes that can be a motivator as well. They walk around with their customer eyes in instead of their their promotional eyes in and look at some of the other organisations that are represented there and they see things that they don't want to be doing. They'll remember when they start, their spirit starts to flag and they start to feel a bit tired or a bit bored or there's no one talking to them. They won't sit there and talk to one another because they saw that at another stand and they saw how awful that looked mm. when they walked past. So they won't do it. So, so it works 
in a number of ways. Well, I think that we've probably covered that topic as much as we need to on this occasion. The summary, I think, is that you need to do your preparation well in advance. You've got to think and identify your potential audience that you want from this event. You've got to prepare your people beforehand, give them the tools both verbally and physically to be able to carry out carry through the event with success and then do your review afterwards and learn from the activity so that the money and time that you have invested into this event pays you back by giving you some strategic planning items to move forward. She's silent. She's got nothing else to say. Quick, quick, let's finish now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, she got the word in. All right. I'm Kim Bailey. She's fully Hunter Osborne, and this is Inside Exec.